Testing, testing, testing. Good, good, good. Hello, hello. You are listening to A Pastor in His Newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro. It's so great to be with you. Uh, Two episodes in two weeks. That's a record for me. Uh, Getting ready to head out of town for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I'm a big fan of cornbread stuffing. We also have Watergate salad, which has a political uh, connection. Watergate salad was invented at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., which is famous, obviously, for the Watergate scandal uh, with... um, President Nixon and the Democratic National Conviction Convention Office, um, and so that 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 recipe or that dish that we have at Thanksgiving and Christmas is connected to a political past. So that makes sense. That it's one of my favorite things uh, of the Thanksgiving meal. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's uh, pistachio pudding, uh, m- uh, marshmallows, uh, whipped cream, uh, pecans, and pineapple. It may sound disgusting, but it is very, very, very good. Uh, so yeah, I love Turkey, love Thanksgiving. So look forward to that. Love football too. So it's just like my favorite holiday because you have the right food, football, family. It has all the, the three big F's uh, that you need. And so looking forward to that. Uh, also struggling this week, my, my Vols got murdered. It was kind of uh, completely unexpected. Um, they lost pretty badly uh, to South Carolina. So as I mentioned a few episodes, South Carolina or Columbia had their great moment on Saturday being uh, Tennessee knocking Tennessee out of the playoff race too. So, and then also our quarterback, Hennon Herker is out for the year, not going to win the Heisman. It was just kind of all the things Tennessee's worked to all year, all kind of came to a, to an end in one game. So uh, I am going to the game this weekend, Tennessee Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt beat has won two SEC games in a row. So I'm not even sure if Tennessee is going to win that one. All my confidence has been ruined. So uh, anyways, uh, so that will be on Saturday night. But uh, this episode, we want to do a kind of a follow up to the midterm election episode we did last week. And I want to talk about, um, obviously I kind of put a pin in it. I said that, you know, tr- uh, President Trump or former fr- President Trump, announced that he was going to run for re-election in 2024. So I want to talk about that um, as kind of a follow-up to the midterm elections. And, um, you know, I know Trump is a very polarizing figure. I know I did an episode a while back on him, and, and he's such a polarizing figure. Either you, Anytime you talk about him, there's, there's strong opinions on both sides. Either people love him or they hate him. There's just very little... I mean, by design, I mean, he's, he's someone who's kind of designed his character and personality based off either love me, hate me kind of persona. So it's hard to kind of speak to him in any type of general or neutral terms. And, um, but I, I think there's a, there's a bigger issue at play here when we talk about, uh, cause anytime you have a midterm election, really what ends up, it ends up becoming the end of, of the 2020 
not only the election, but also the, the first term of the, of the current president, because right after the midterms is when people geared up to running for the presidential election. You'll, you have people in the coming months that may uh, announce that they're going to run, especially with Trump announcing that he's going to run so early in the calendar, it'll probably force some people to jump into the race sooner than later. But really the election really starts happening you know, late into next summer, into the fall, because then the Iowa caucus will be happening kind of January of 2024. That kind of starts the the primary races. And then, of course, by November 2024, we have the presidential election. So the calendar does move kind of fast once you get past the midterm election. And so um, anytime you after that's really kind of when the presidential election starts. So that sounds scary. But after the midterm election and in really, you know, it wants most of the time when a sitting president usually loses a majority in the house. Now Biden did well, he didn't lose very, there's a slim, slim uh, Republican majority in the house, but the Democrats held on to the Senate and they may actually gain um, one extra seat out of it. So they may have more of a majority, but it's very still a very slim majority in the Senate. So, most likely president Biden's not going to get a lot passed in the in the next two years of his term. And so he'll really be running for reelection starting very soon. And so really we start to kind of start gearing up for the presidential election. So in response, I really just want to kind of talk about where we stand um, with the coming election and some, some positions or some opinions that are out there uh, on former president Trump and on president Biden and, uh, kind of dealing with his age. And there's a, I mean, SNL did a skit a few weeks ago, uh, and very humoristically kind of a, like a horror trailer a trailer, uh, sp- talking about, uh, Democrats and who, you know, who should run for president and, and really kind of the, the, the complex that, you know, democratic voters are in. Cause you know, are there other options out there? Are there better options due to Biden's age, what his age will be when he runs for president in 2024? So I want to talk about that. And uh, so this should be a very interesting article that maybe some some statistics, some polling numbers that maybe you're not familiar with that I can make you aware of. Uh, but to start off with, with kind of the maybe the more, maybe it's not surprising to you, but um, it is definitely out there is... Should Joe Biden, should President Biden really run again? I mean, first off is his age. Um, he, when he runs for for re-election, uh, he will be over the age of, of 80. Um, I believe he will be, I think he'll be 81, 82. Uh, in the beginning, he's, all right, he's, he'll, he's about to turn 80. And so we're sitting on, you know, so basically in two years, he will be 82 when he runs for re-election or be close to 82 when he runs for re-election. And, and, you know, there's already kind of identifications that, you know, Biden struggles with gaffes. Uh, he, he's not the greatest communicator in the world. And you know, the president of the, of the United States is a very stressful job. It's a very taxing job. Um, 
you get very little sleep. Um, you, um, you're, you don't have a lot of free time, um, very little opportunities for rest and, and disconnecting from the job. And, and so it's, it's very taxing on the body. You, you see pictures of, of, of different president. I think even president Obama really aged from when he took office, from when he left office, the one, the most tragic or kind of the horrific uh, picture is president Lincoln and his aging from, when he took office and when he was shot and killed, I mean, he dealt with the civil war, extremely stressful. I mean, the nation was split and at war with one another and, but even president Bush and, and it just the, 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 the taxing on the body, um, and the mind when you run, basically when you run a, a nation like the United States, but also you're the leader of the free world, right? And the, and the world is at war. I mean, you have a war between Russia and Ukraine and the Europeans and the United States who are supporting Ukraine and the, even the cl- complexity of dealing with Russia, with China. And then, you know, COVID has, we're kind of moved on from COVID a little bit, but I mean, the next virus that, that spikes, you know, there's going to be a lot, a, a lot of, of stress that, and, and management that that will require. And so the argument is, should Biden run again? It, it's interesting though, that Biden has probably, even though his, his favorables aren't high, he did. I mean, the midterm was a good showing on, on him that it wasn't a huge rejection of his policies um, and his administration. Now that has a lot to do, as I mentioned in the last episode, with poor uh, candidate selection by Republicans. Um, but he w- he was able to pass his 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 massive infrastructure bill that he was wanting to pass, and so and in some ways he's accomplished some of the things that he wanted to accomplish. And 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 so the argument that's being made, especially in this article, um, and the economists say it ain't so, Joe, that he he's able to kind of in some ways bridge the gap in democratic leadership from himself into a new generation of, of leaders in the democratic party. And so the argument is being made is that that Biden should, should actually come out soon and say, I'm not running for reelection. Now that would be historic. And we haven't had a president in, in my lifetime, but also before that's come out publicly and said, I'm not going to run for a second term. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lead and I'm going to um, lead this country. Uh, and at the end of my first term, I'm going to step off and I'm going to pass over your leadership to a new candidate. Um, and how much, how much that would maybe be very beneficial to the country. Um, obviously with, for a lot of democratic voters or voters of the democratic party, they, a lot of them don't want Biden to run. I mean, they obviously none of the democratic candidates or in the democratic, uh, you know, governors or senators or congressmen may not come out and publicly say that, Hey, we don't want Biden to run. But I think there are going to be a lot of people behind closed doors that are going to strongly encourage the president not to run for the election, basically most because of his age. And, um, and so just to kind of hypothetically, if Biden, if Biden were not to run, who would be the front runners in, in the democratic primary in the new election? So the first one that comes to mind is, is Kamala Harris, the current vice president. Now she is not well supported. Uh, she, her, her, uh, her unfavorables are pretty high for a vice president. And, uh, and so she is probably one who is probably not 
uh, positioned well to win the primary. Now, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg would probably be, I would say, the the front runner if Biden were not to run because he did well um, in the former in the twenty twenty election in the primary. Really, I mean, he was a he was a mayor of South Bend, Indiana, but yet he was able to um, really um, shine really well. And I think his handling on, on the issues were very strong. He's very, obviously very intelligent, very smart. And then of course, Biden making him the transportation uh, secretary and a lot of that infrastructure money uh, is going to his department to spend. And so that will definitely raise his profile as well. And so I think he is one who has really I think would be very well positioned to do well and maybe win the nomination. And even though he is, uh, he is in a homosexual marriage, um, he would be the first, obviously the first presidential candidate in a major race or in a actually be the democratic candidate who's gay. Um, he also is very moderate on a lot of issues as well. So I think he would, um, obviously it's not so far left. I think he would, I think he would do fairly well in a general election. Now, now Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, he is a similar age as Biden um, would be, I think, 82, 83, if he were to run for president in 2024. Bernie, I think, is kind of the de facto. I think he would run uh, just to keep the, 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 the party as far left as possible, uh, which is not good for like Elizabeth Warren. I think Elizabeth Warren um, would do well if Bernie was not in the race because Elizabeth is about as left as Bernie. Bernie is. And if they're both in the race, they kind of cancel each other out. Um, Amla, uh, Amy Kolbisher from Minnesota, the Senator from Minnesota. I think she is a very, she's a moderate. Um, I think she would kind of take on that kind of, uh, Joe Biden, uh, uh, you know, view of the, of the, of the policies. She's not so far left. Um, so she might be someone and obviously she ran in 2020. So she is more well-known and you have to remember in primaries, usually it's not your, uh, your views on the issues. It's, do, are you known by people? That's usually if you're known by people and people know who you are, that tends to help you in these primaries. So someone like Pete Buttigieg, someone like, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, they ran before. And so, they're actually well known. Um, so they don't have to introduce themselves to the electorate. Um, Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California, um, and a very, um, you know, polarizing candidate, obviously during COVID, um, you know, is that someone who he's a governor of a, of the largest, one of the large, if not the largest state, obviously economically, the largest state in the country. Um, could he be someone who, if Biden were not to run, who could really, um, you know, with his experience and being a governor, uh, would be able to, um, uh, and being a governor of such a large state, would he be someone who the democratic party would want to be uh, Biden's replacement? And would Biden see him as, as his, his replacer, um, Cory Booker, uh, New Jersey Senator, he's run president for four. I, I, th- I just think his time has come and gone and I don't see him as someone who would, uh, who would be much of a threat. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, he would probably run, but he's kind of a loser. And I say that with all due respect, he just doesn't win elections and doesn't hold elected office. Now the, the question in the wild card is, is would Hillary Clinton or Michelle Obama run? They're kind of the wild cards. Um, and it was actually kind of funny in the uh, SNL skit 
that was kind of the the main uh, uh, kind of villain or horror story if Hillary were to run again. Um, and it'll be interesting as she kind of, after her, you know, time of not being in public office, has she, uh, is she more, is she re-energized? Now she also is not young. I mean, her husband is 76 now. And if she were to run again, he would be 78. And I think she's a few years younger than him. And so, uh, again, it, you, you would think the Democratic party would like to transition into a new generation. That's why I think Pete but edge is probably the the best fit because of his age because of um you know he's well liked and i think um he's just he's not so far left because the horror story really is is uh, alexandria uh, uh, cortez i think you know the the congresswoman from new york you know i could see her running for president she is well known uh even outside new york um i think she's done well to kind of uh she's kind of hated by 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 many people, especially in the Republican Party, but she's well known amongst you know young voters. I just don't. She'll be. I think she's going to turn thirty five this year, so she would be eligible to run. Um, I just don't know if her profile is so well known that uh, she would be able to win uh, um, and be able to do well in a. And I don't know if donors, like serious donors, would actually consider her a serious candidate. So that's why I think, again, Pete Buttigieg is probably one of the more interesting candidates that if Biden were not to run, he's being in the administration. Um, he's he's liked. He has high favorables. He's ran for president already. He's in the he's running the transportation department where a lot of money, a lot of um that, that infrastructure bill money is going into that department for him to spend. So he's going to be profiled even more in the years to, in the, in the months to come. So that's my thinking. But as I, as we transition, because I think what we're seeing is a possibility of a major shift in the both parties of moving on from old leaders. That's why I don't see Hillary Clinton running. I don't see Bernie Sanders uh, doing well um, because of his age. I think there's this transitional moment and going to that's why I think it's so interesting if Biden doesn't run and how interesting and how that will impact the Democratic Party. But let me present, let me talk about the the other person in that 2020 election. So uh, the first person to, um, who's not currently in office to uh, announce that he's running for president is former President Donald Trump. And in one of the articles that was posted this week by The Hill is that Trump may not make it to the primaries. And that's a pretty like clip bait um, uh, title to the article. But I think it presents some interesting points. Number one, obviously, Trump has some some legal difficulties. And I think that that's going to that's not going to go away uh, now that he's decided he's going to run again. And I think that'll obviously be brought up a ton in the in the campaigning to come. Now, I would also say I think the Democratic Party would love for Trump to be the nominee for the Republicans because I think that he, from their viewpoint, he's easily beatable. Um, so they may not talk about his legal difficulties at all. So it may be left to the those who run against him in a primary. And the question is, who will run against him in a primary? I mean, it's been a long time since a former president has chosen to run a run again after losing an election. And I think it's Grover Cleveland was the last president to be president, but not in consecutive terms. And so we look at uh, some of the issues facing president, former president Trump's election 
uh, prospects. Uh, number one, I think that um, obviously his approval rating is not great, but even amongst Republicans, I, I think as the polls shows, less than 80% of Republicans want him to run again. I think the number is closest in the 70s of Republicans that want him to run again. So not as high as you would expect and probably not as high as, as the Trump campaign would want. Um, seven, actually, in, in one poll, 61% of Republicans still want Trump to run. That's only 61% um, of Republicans want him to run. Um, 73% of independents don't want him to run at all. And the question is, is who is his, his main um, competition? Now, Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis has not, anno- has not announced that he's going to run. He just won his reelection to be governor of Florida. But the, the view is, is that Ron, Ron DeSantis will be heavily, um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on him to run. And I think it's something he probably will do as he looks at polling numbers going forward. But when we look at some of these numbers, the head to head between now it depends on what polls now polls are kind of not, uh, don't have a lot of, um, are not popular because there's a lot of biasness and in, in polls. So you have to be careful how you read polls. And, but if you look at some of the polls, it has Ron DeSantis and, uh, Trump running neck to neck, uh, with 11 to 15% undecided who they would vote for. So it's interesting, you know, obviously Ron DeSantis hasn't even announced that he's going to be running for president. Will Trump, um, how well he will he do in a primary field? Now, let me, let's start here. Who else will possibly run in this Republican primary? Ron DeSantis is one. Governor DeSantis from Florida is one that will probably run. Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador, two-term governor of South Carolina. She has been a rumor that she may run. Someone who also, again, has a lot of um, foreign policy experience, um, which will be very important with the Ukraine Russian war and China and someone who knows, um, a lot of people in, in foreign, the foreign policy world because she was secretary of the UN, uh, Mike Pence, former, um, Indiana governor, former vice president under Trump. Of course, Nikki Haley also was in the, uh, Trump administration as the UN ambassador, but Mike Pence is another, what most likely it will be, uh, kind of, I think we'll, I would I'd be surprised if Mike Pence did not run for president. The problem with Mike Pence is he's so closely connected to Trump. If those who are anti-Trump, would they even vote for Pence instead of Trump? It's But those who do like Trump probably do not like Mike Pence because of the January 6th um, where he stood up and, and, and supported Biden's election and Biden's winning of that election. And they were very... I mean, there's not a large group, but there is a sizable percentage of the Republican voting bloc that believe that the the 2020 election was stolen from President Trump, and so they see Mike Pence as a as a traitor in that in that view. Uh, well, Glenn Youngkin, uh, the governor of Virginia, he is term limited. You only can run for you can only be uh, a one term governor in Virginia. So his next ascent it would be president. So will someone like him run, who is someone who kind of disconnected from, from Trump, but ran on, on the, the issues that are very important to Republicans, especially when it comes to COVID, but schools, like he really won that election in Virginia, which is a swing state. So he would be a really interesting candidate because he won uh, a statewide race in a very 
um, um, it was we call purple state, but a swing state, which is the state of Virginia. And the other, the other person, there will be other people that'll probably run that I'm not going to mention. But another one is Ted Cruz. Uh, he will have to run for re-election as a senator of, of Texas in 2024. So either he's going to have to run for senator, or he's going to, or he's going to run for president. Now. Like I said before, when you run for president in a primary, a lot of times you have to be well known. And Ted Cruz wasn't as well known as he as Trump was, and hence why Cruz, it was, even though I think he ran a great campaign, I think his handling of the issues are are very strong. He's a great debater, and I think he was able to raise a good amount of money. I think he was he, he became in second. So he you would think he would be set up well to run for president, but the issue is: Has his star fallen? Has he? Has he? Is he seen as as someone who is his likability high enough uh, to be able to win in a national race? And that that's kind of his issue. Um, and so maybe Ted Cruz is just going to be a very um, you know a, a long term senator who maybe at some point could be, could be the majority leader in the Senate uh, after uh, Mitch McConnell has has kind of moved on because he is not a young man either. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Republicans going forward. But Trump has some issues, and I think that, well, I want to kind of talk about those. And and I think the, the main issue is, number one, his age as well. I mean, he is currently 76. He will be... I think, as I think about it, he will be 80 during his first term. So he has his birthday is in June. So he will be 70, uh, 70. I think he'll be 79. Yeah. He'll be 79. Um, is that right? I'm trying to remember what his, what he will be. I guess he will be 78. Um, when he's running for president, and then he will turn 79. I think that's correct. He'll be 79 during his first term. Uh, and so he will be over his, he would be over the age of 80 during his entire term if he were to win. So I think that's first thought you have to start off. If Biden, if the view is that Biden is, is, is kind of aged out of as, as being a, a, as being an appropriate age to be the president of the United States, well, you almost have to do that same with, with Trump because he will be, in his eighties during his term as well. But also I think the bigger issue with president Trump, um, and maybe people aren't considering this. I know there's the legal difficulties, the legal battles, um, the January six, um, um, commission, but what is his message? I mean, he, does he have anything new to offer? I mean, his first election, he talks about the wall. He talked about, um, defunding or, or pulling out of the UN. He, he talked about, um, emptying, emptying the swamp. The problem is, is that he really wasn't able to accomplish anything that he said. He, he wasn't able to build the wall. He wasn't able to drain the swamp. So what does he run on? Like, what is his new message? Um, does he have anything to say that he hasn't already said? Um, is he going to basically run his entire campaign on the, on the fact that he, that he lost the 2020 election and that it was stolen from him? Is, is that what he's going to run on? Um, cause I don't think that's, that's recipe for victory. I mean, we already know from the midterm election, some of the candidates ran on that and they lost. I mean, Carrie Lake in Arizona, um, a few other candidates that just, they didn't have, a substantial reason for running their messaging was very poor. And so 
if that's already recipe of, of losing, then what is Trump going to do? Any, how's he going to do any different? And the other question is, is money. Will the GOP will major GOP donors, will they support Trump's reelection? They, will they support his campaign? Or will the money go to someone like Ron DeSantis, a young, someone who's governor of a large state, someone who did really well in this last election, who won almost 60% of the vote. Um, that's a state that Republicans have to win to win the election, which is Florida. Um, he, it just seems like all the momentum is moving towards, you have a Ron DeSantis who is a, is a, is a candidate who will be pulled, who will be probably whose favorables are higher than Trump's. Uh, currently, and I wonder if all the the donors will go towards him, and what will the establishment of the Republican Party will and uh, will they support Trump in this go around? And, and I don't I don't just don't know if if we can um, if if Trump's going to be able to be in that position where his messaging is new. Uh, he's talking about issues that no one's talked about before. And that's going to be so interesting and so compelling that that's going to um, um, cause him to win even the primary. And so that's kind of the issue is, 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 is he even really prepared to even win a primary? Not even going to get to the general election against a Democratic candidate. Uh, I think if he were to run against Biden, he would probably lose again. And I think as donors see those polling and they see that they will want to put their money with into someone else. Um, currently, just to kind of look at these numbers, Ron DeSantis is favorables nationwide are 33%. His unfavorables are 29% and 36% haven't heard enough about him. So that's one positive is he has room to grow. And like you say, well, he has room to decline as well, but I don't know there's anywhere for Trump to go. Um, he's not going to go up anymore. He's just so polarized. Everyone knows about him and knows everything there is about him. So I doubt his favorables are going to go up right now. They're 37% unfavorable 54%. And so it's not really, there's no room for it to go, but for DeSantis, it, there's room for, for improvement. There's room for that to go up as people get to know him and get to see his views on the issues going forward. And so it's interesting as we as we sit right now in November, a few days before Thanksgiving, and um, look forward to the future. And I think what we may see, I mean, everybody's probably assuming that's going to be a Trump Biden election. I just, you know, my money is is I I think I think I think I think it would, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on Joe Biden not to run again, and based off his age. Um, and I think he will go down, um, probably, um, remembered very positively if he were not to run again. And so I, and I think my view is I think president Trump or former president Trump, I think there'll be, uh, I think just, he, I just don't, I think you'll, he'll notice that the polls will not be what they were in 2016. I think this is a different, uh, a different year, a different, uh, um, era. And I think he will struggle to get any traction with the Republican party. Now there, there are some that love him and that will go with vote for him no matter what. And I think he was right when he made that comment that I could shoot someone on, on times square or Broadway or, uh, whatever he said. And these people would still vote for me. I believe that. I think he was correct when he said that. I think he has some of the strongest supporters of any candidate out there. The problem is, is I don't think it has any, any room to grow. And I think his messaging, he will say a lot of things he's already said before and people, 
are already turned off on that because he failed to be able to um, produce any results. Now you can, there are plenty of variables. There's reasons why he wasn't able to get certain things passed. You know, you, you know, you're not, he's not a King. He's not an emperor. He can just do whatever he wants. But I think people will see that he has struggled. And in some of the candidates that he is, he has supported in these midterms have not won. And I think people can bring that up as well. Um, and so I, you could see a very, a, a, this could be a, a, a transitional period in American um, politics where you'll see a lot of new leaders running and maybe doing well. And we may see in, a, in the presidential election in 2024, uh, some younger candidates that um, will be interesting to, to see what issues and where the electorate um, kind of what they support and where the country goes from here. So I, I say all that and I want to, I want to kind of end always, I always like to kind of bring this back to God's word. And I, I want to look at a passage here Um and this is kind of an obscure passage, but in Ecclesiastes chapter four, um, you know, nothing new under the sun, all is vanity. Um, this is the, I would say the, the philosophical work of the Bible, philosophical treatise of the Bible, um, which presents the point. If, if God doesn't exist, if there is no God, if there's no creator and he does not have a lordship or authority over the world, there, the world is meaningless and life is meaningless. Having money is meaningless. Having uh, p- power is meaningless. Having wisdom is meaningless. Um, having pleasure is meaningless. It means nothing. It's, it's, it has no value because it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, you still die. It doesn't matter if you're powerful or you're in, or you're, or you have no power, you're still going to die. You're going to the same place. And the end, there is no, there's no, there's no purpose. So there's no value in those things when it comes to uh, escaping death and so we get into an interesting thing. This is uh, kind of after that, that passage of Ecclesiastes chapter three is a time to be born, a time to die and uh, onward and onward. At the end of chapter four, he, he, he kind of talks about a king. He says in verse 13, better was a poor and wise young youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice for he went from prison to the throne though in his own kingdom, he had been born poor. I saw all the living who moved about under the sun, along with that youth who was to stand in the King's place. There was no end of all the people, all of whom he led yet. Those who came later will not rejoice, rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and thriving after wind. And it presents this important point that, you know, if you're a King and someone takes your place and takes your throne, people will celebrate his accomplishments and yours will be forgotten and onward and onward and onward. And, um, it does present, you know, the thriving and the, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, the laboring and the, and the, and the, the work and the, and, and all of this and the trying to accomplish things that are historic and that are, that change a generation that affect the world, that change the culture, that change the country in a positive way. You know, you can do all that. You can get things done. You can accomplish things, but there's going to be a new King. There's going to be a new president. There's going to be a new leader and he will take your place or she will take your place and they will accomplish things and they will do things and people will remember those things and they'll forget your things. And it is as it's vanity striving after wind. And you know, you think about this for these, these leaders, you think about Joe Biden, who's been in 
uh, politics in the United States at a high level for a long time. And you think of uh, former president Trump and who's been, you know, involved politically for a long time now. And, and there is a, a difficulty of transitioning and moving on, right. And kind of letting go of that, of those reins. And it could be very hard because you're, you're passing over to someone else who will take what you've done and improve on it, or they may cast away what you've accomplished and reject what you accomplished and replace it with something else. And people may celebrate this person and forget you. And that is kind of what the writer here is saying. And, and if you believe in a world where there is really there, you're kind of the master of your own domain and it's only up to you and you have to make your mark and you have to change the world and affect change or you'll not be remembered. That's the only way you have eternity is what you accomplish in this earth and what you're remembered for then you're going to be really sad because people will forget. People will forget you. And there is nothing new under the sun. And life is vanity. If you're striving to make your mark or to accomplish something that you'll be known for, something that will be historic. But people are about the now. They're about the present and the future. They're not about the past. And the only thing that we have the only thing that we can accomplish that has any eternal value is our service of God, our love for God, our, our works that bring him glory and praise. That's the only thing that matters. As we see at the end of days, when everything is burned, the only thing that will remain is what we did for the Lord. It's what we did for his kingdom. That's the only thing that has eternal ramifications. And so your identity has to be rooted in Christ and your acts and your actions have to be rooted in bringing him praise and honor, not glorifying yourself. And too often these presidential candidates, these presidents, these leaders, they're accomplishing things. They're trying to, to accomplish things that change history so that they're remembered. So they're not forgotten. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that they will know people will no longer rejoice in them. They'll move on to someone else. And if you don't believe and you don't trust in the eternal God, it is vanity. It is striving after wind. And I, and I, you know, the, the, I don't, I don't believe that president Biden is a Christian. I don't believe that president Trump is a Christian. Their life, their fruits do not really prove and show that. And the only thing that we can do is pray that they would come to understand Christ Jesus and I pray that for the other candidates, you know, if, if they are trying to run for president because they want to be remembered or want to do something so historic that they, they change the country in a positive way, something that, that people will remember them for. The issue is, is people will forget you. you will, your accomplishments will be forgotten. And um, what are you really striving after? And if it's not to glorify God, it's to glorify yourself then you are striving after the wind. It is vanity. So just looking at the election, this is kind of part two of the kind of the midterm election. Next no, next week, we'll kind of move into some other issues. If you have some news articles or some topics that you would like for me to discuss, please email them. I'm at mcastro at centralchurch.com. would love to receive those and look at that and maybe do an article or do an episode on that story. And we want to continue just to 
uh, we want to read the news um, with with spiritual eyes and looking at things from a Christian worldview. So continue to to read the news with the Bible in your hand. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy family. Enjoy friends. Enjoy uh, food. Enjoy football. And uh, hopefully my Vols will pull out a win this Saturday at the end of the year. And uh, so have a wonderful holidays and we will be back, hopefully, God willing, next week.